0: Before we start our pre-service music, I would like to invite you to hear these words of Amen Misa." As this World Communion Sunday, we, we look as we share communion with our brothers and sisters of Christ all around the world. And today we celebrate that with this piece. And the translation is Amen. We praise your name, O God. Please listen.
1: United Methodist Church. I'm Reverend Brenda. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you for joining us in worship. We are glad you are here in person or online. Please let us know that you are here by completing the attendance online or by completing the attendance in the attendance pads and on each row uh, that you may pass so that we can record your attendance. As we worship together, all song lyrics and responses will be on the screens here in the sanctuary and on your devices at home. Today we honor All Saints Day and our service of remembrance will be on December 4th at 6 p.m. in the chapel. This service is for anyone that struggles during the holidays with the loss of a loved one. The services include communion and a time of reflect and remember, and we we invite you to join us December 4th at 6 p.m. Now, please stand as you are able and join me in our call to worship. Please remain standing for our hymn 711, For All the Saints. For all the saints who've shown your love and how they've lived and how they've loved, accept our gratitude again, O God. For all the saints who loved your name, whose faith in you showed us the way, Bless all whose names reflect the grace of heaven above. Accept our gratitude, O God, and be with us and them as we worship today. Amen.
2: My name is Zhenya. I'm one of the pastors here, and I will lead us in our affirmation of faith. You can find it in your hymnal on page 883. And now all together, we believe in God, who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God, We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus, crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life, in death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. be seated. Some of our children will participate in the liturgy of remembrance that will be in the end of this worship service. And everyone else right now who is a little child, will you please join Amber and her volunteer team and go upstairs for uh, special programming that we have for the children. And that includes my own child that needs to right now proceed with Miss Amber. <laughs>
3: My name is Julie Mudry. I'm a member here at First United Methodist Church. I'll be reading our scripture today. Uh, It comes from the book of Psalm, chapter 77. I'll be reading from the new revised standard version, updated edition, and invite you to read along in your own Bibles or in the Bibles that you'll find in the pew in front of you. It is on page 537 in the pew Bible. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, that he may hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. I think of God, and I moan. I meditate, and my spirit faints. You keep my eyelids from closing. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old and remember the years of long ago. I commune with my heart in the night. I meditate and search my spirit. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love ceased forever? And his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? And I say, it is my grief that the right hand of the Most High has changed. I will call to mind the deeds of my Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have displayed your might among the peoples. With your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O oh God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. The very deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies thundered. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world, and the earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the mighty water, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. God speaks to us through the reading of the scripture. Thanks be to God.
0: Thanks be to God. Before we consider today's scripture reading and today's message, I want to say words of gratitude and appreciation. Thank you, Julie, for reading scripture for us. Thank you for our wonderful music ministry, including our handbell choir this morning for leading us in worship. Thanks to all the people who are a part of discipleship ministries to children and youth and adults. Thank you to our hospitality team for greeting us here on campus, our tech team for connecting us here in Fort Worth and around the world. And I want to say a special word of welcome to a United Methodist Fellowship that's worth worshiping with us in Cisco in Eastland County. God bless y'all. I am so thankful that you are with us this morning. My name is Lance Marshall. I am the senior pastor here at the First United Methodist Church of Fort Worth. And this is a very special Sunday for churches like ours that follow the greater Christian calendar. There is a Sunday set apart in the first Sunday of November every single year for the very special work of recognizing what's called All Saints Sunday. And then I'll speak about that in a little bit more, because the work of worship today is deeply tied to an experience that so many many of us have in the course of our life of faith and faithfulness. Part of the sacred work of being a pastor is being invited into your lives, into your families, when you're going through some of the deepest and darkest and hardest episodes that life has for each and every one of us. In the 10 years that I've been in ministry in this congregation, You've allowed me to be part of your life as you're experiencing the challenges that come with faith that doesn't seem to be sufficient to face what you're going through at this moment. When you're going through experiences of addiction or despair, situations where businesses or marriages or entire communities are falling apart around you. I've experienced people going through anxiety and fear, going through seasons of hopelessness, all these incredibly difficult times. And yet, I have to be honest with you, there's one thing, there's one feeling, there's one condition that, to me, seems to be even more damaging and devastating than so many others. There's one thing that I'm on the lookout for when I'm encountering people in pastoral ministry, when I'm being invited to walk alongside someone in some of the darkest and hardest of times, and that is when a person has gone from just feeling like they're alone to actually believing that they are totally and completely alone. All of these experiences that I've described are incredibly challenging and difficult, but that going past just feeling alone to believing that you are alone, I think, is corrosive and damaging to the soul in the way that few other things are. Because, see, you were made to live in community, You were made to live in connection. You were made to live in deep relationship with loved ones and friends. And I don't just mean your family. I also mean your church. I also mean your community and your neighborhood. But most importantly, of course, I mean the relationship that you have with God. You were created for a purpose, and the purpose for which you were created, and mother, and father, and children, and friends, every person that you will ever meet, every language, every nationality, everyone everywhere was created for the purpose of living in community with your God, of having a connection with your God. That's because God is community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is community within God's self. And that's why something exists instead of nothing. For the sake of connection and knowing and being known and the love that exists between. That's the reason why you're here. That's the purpose of my existence and your existence and everybody else's. And yet there is one situation in which each and every one of us is guaranteed to experience that creates the possibility of of feeling or even believing that you're alone like nothing else. And that's the experience of grieving the death of someone whom you love. And I'm not speaking metaphorically here. I don't want to mince words. I don't want to say go ahead of us and I don't want to say passed on or any of the other language that we use. I want to be honest. And name the challenge that comes with death. And with grieving the deaths of those that we love. Because no matter how connected we are to other people, grief is ultimately a solo journey. And the ways that we treat it culturally can make it feel even worse sometimes. Even people who know and love each other struggle on how to support other people when they're going through this kind of journey. So here's a freebie real quick. For those of you who always want church to include something very practical and relevant to your everyday experience, the next time you're with somebody, a friend or a coworker, a neighbor, a family member, next time you're with someone who's grieving the death and the loss of a loved one, Ask them to tell you a story. Ask them about the person that they've lost. Ask them about them. Say, what is something that they loved? What is something that you loved about them? What is something that you will never forget until your last day? Because one of the greatest fears that each and every one of us has when we're grieving the death of someone we love is that they'll be forgotten. And one of the greatest pains that we're experiencing is the seeming disconnection between us and them now. And so the simple and loving act of just saying, tell me about them. Let's talk about them. Let's celebrate them and connect with their loving memory right now. That act can change someone's experience. The death of a loved one can create such Feelings of grief, and those feelings of grief can create not only the feeling, but the belief that you're now somehow alone. Our scripture reading today speaks directly to that. It comes from the book of Psalms, and an important thing to do when we're encountering scripture is to ask us the question of what genre of writing is this? There's so many different kinds of writing in scripture, and it strengthens our faith and our understanding to know the kind of writings to which they belong. Psalms in the Hebrew Bible are songs and prayers. There are words that are written by people of deep faith and deep relationship with God and share their experiences for the edification and the spiritual growth of everybody else. And they've become sacred scripture because of the power that they have in our lives when we use them and learn from them. The writer of Psalm 77 is struggling. They're grieving. And they've got the kind of grief that's keeping them up at night, that's making them not able to sleep, that's causing and to come to their mind their questioning of whether or not God's even still good or present or active or at work. In the midst of this kind of pain and this kind of sleeplessness and this kind of grieving, God, are you still good? God, are you still present? God, are you still at work? Do your promises still count? Did you know that words like that are in the Bible? That's exactly what the psalmist writes. And then the psalmist shares with us what not only saves them and their spirit and their faith, but provides a pathway forward for you too. And that is they remember. In the midst of grief and loss, of feeling like you're alone, or even beginning to believe that you're alone, they remember. They remember what God has done. Writing from this place, the psalmist remembers that it was God and God's graciousness and God's love and God's promise of community that formed all of creation into existence. And they remember how God was faithful and present in times of oppression and suffering. And they remember the ways that God has called their entire community into flourishing and freedom. And they remember. And that remembering reminds them that they never have been. And never will be alone. This is All Saints Sunday. We baptized the child this morning at the 930 service, a child who's too young to receive faith for themselves, but we baptized them under the grace of Christ. That's a power of Christ. That's a work that Christ is doing. The prevenient grace of Christ goes before that child in all of us, before we were ever aware that it was at work in our lives. The justifying grace of Christ is at work in that child and in us, restoring us and redeeming us and reconciling us back to God in a way that we could never do for ourselves. And the sanctifying grace of Christ, that's a fancy word that means saint-making grace of Christ is at work in that child and everyone else who will receive it. As you embrace the power and the presence and the work of Christ in your life to change you, shape you, provide for you, and deliver you into being the kind of person that God made you to be. This is All Saints Sunday. In our church tradition, there's no voting on whether or not there's a saint or not. A saint is anybody in whom their life bears witness to the work of Christ in them and through them. And so today we remember. Viewed from the outside, this could just look like a service where we recognize the members of our community who've died in the last year. That's true, but that's not what's happening. What's happening today is we remember the presence and the promises of God, not just the God who created all of creation, not just the God who provided for God's people, delivering them from slavery, but the God who joined us, came alongside us in Jesus the Christ, the God who suffered crucifixion and gave resurrection for the purposes of restoring all people to God. And we remember the words of Christ who say, God so loved the world that he gave its only son not to condemn the world or separate from the world or to hurt the world, but rather to save, redeem, restore, and reconcile the world so that all who believe in him will live a life eternal, receive a life eternal, that same Christ who promises us that where I go to, you also will go. We remember the grace of Christ that worked in the lives of these people and connects us in community still. We remember the grace of Christ that promises us that no matter what you're feeling or what you're experiencing or what you've done or left undone, you are never alone. And that constant presence of Christ is not only a comfort in hard times, it's not only a way back to freedom out of the darkness, it's the thing that saves us once and forever. So, as we receive and rejoice and remember in the full promises of Christ, we do so, drawn together and remembering the saints who've gone before us, giving thanks and having their witness inspire us to new faithfulness today. Let us pray. Great and loving God, great are you and greatly to be praised. Today we praise you for your saints, those whose lives bear testimony to the sanctifying grace at work in them and through them, but not just for them, for their world, for their families, for their loved ones, and for us. Guide us Keep us, draw us into accepting your grace and presence anew today. And it's in your name that we trust and that we pray and say, amen.
2: At our church, all are welcome to participate in communion. The ushers will be guiding you forward, starting from the back on the balcony. Also, the ushers will guide you towards the station where you will receive your elements. When you come up as you are able to, a knee at the rail, And your open hands are sign to us that you are ready to receive communion. And after you received your elements, close your hands and you can spend a few moments in prayer. After you take communion, would you please take the cups and dispose of them at the receptacles that are located on the sides of the sanctuary on your way back to your seat. We do have gluten-free options available at each station. And also, if you need to be served at your seat, just raise a hand, and one of us will be there to bring you the elements. And now, will you listen to this invitation? Christ our Lord invites to His table all who love Him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, take all of you and drink, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving we pray that you renew our communion with all your saints, especially those whom we name before you. Fritz Acuna, John Ammons, Charles Anderson, Chuck Anderson, Otha Anderson, George Ann Carter-Bann, Michael Brown, Judy Butler, Cortland Canterbury, Martha Carroll, John Crawford, K. Cresswell, Donna Dara, Diane Dryden, Esther Dyke, Ralph Fagan, Mary Flynn, Walter Fortney, Travis Franklin, Marilyn Gasser, Paul Grubb, John Harrington, Patricia Hayward, Douglas Higgins, Jeanette Holland, Robert Holly, Thomas Howard, Joseph Howell, Marlon Jeffries, Martha Jarek, Charles Johnson, Brian Jolyn, Hubert Jones, Mark Kessel, Richard Laboon Richard Lair, Marilyn Llewellyn, John Mackerel, Ann Maddox, Stephen Mason, Rick Mills, Bobby Mixon, Marcia Moeller, Clifton. Morris, Janice, Payet, Eric Reeves, Susan Reed, Don Robnett, Bishop, John Russell, Susan Shank, Frank, Cheryl, Amber Skipper, Claire Stegman. Sally Stevens, Betty Swires, Linda Vick, Laura Whitfield, Mark Whitley, Galen Wilkins, and Shirley Woolridge. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, strengthen us, O God, to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your Spirit, make us one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. At this time, I would like to invite forward those who will be assisting with the serving of communion, both at the front rail and in the balcony. We will be dismissed row by row by your ushers, and before we do so, let us join together as we pray the prayer given to us by Jesus, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, As we've shared the last few Sundays in worship, this is a special time in the life of our church where those who serve our church by helping plan budgets and ways in which we can support the ministries of the upcoming year come together and plan on financing the ministries of the church. And the way that they do so is by taking into account your pledges. So you received in the mail at your home. You've also heard here in worship that the Created for a Purpose stewardship campaign is your chance to reflect and to pray and to consider how it is that your family might live sacrificially so that you can live generously and support the ministries of the church. This is the final Sunday of the stewardship campaign, so if you haven't already filled out a pledge card, placed it in the basket as it come, comes around, or filled out one online, today is the day to do so. To help show how this lives in the lives of everyday people in the life of our church, I like to invite someone to come forward and, and share what their journey of reflection and generosity is like. So this morning, I've welcomed Julie Mudry to join us in worship this morning. Julie, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you you're connected here in the life of First Church.
3: Of course, happy to. So my name is Julie Mudry. Um, I have been at First Church just going on two years now. It was actually uh, during the pandemic that I found my new home. I had grown up in the Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota, where my parents still live. But when I moved to Texas, I ended up at a different denomination. Bless your heart. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> But, you know, at the time when everybody was watching service online, um, my folks and I said, oh, I, you know, let, let me watch your service with you. It's like I'm back home and, and being there together. So we watched the service in Yankton, South Dakota, and my heart just really said I belong back in the, in the Methodist Church. Um, and so then I started looking online, and lo and behold, found this amazing place that makes me feel like every Sunday that I'm in a beautiful European cathedral Um, i like to say
0: they have Fort Worth style. They have. Okay. Thank you.
3: That's a new, a new way I'll think of it. Thank you. Um, And I heard Peggy, one of the first things, Peggy, I haven't told you this. One of the first things that drew me to the church was when I was looking online, I found Peggy's weekly um, like hymn reflection um, and the music drew me. Um, So I came in and just. Immediately felt at home. I love the church's plus one about getting involved because I know through past church experiences where I haven't gotten involved, I just wasn't I wasn't as plugged in. So um, I was immediately contacted by this fabulous choir and said, "Now I, th- I think if I had had to audition, they would have said never mind." But they were kind enough to welcome me in, and it's a great place to, to worship. Um, I also am involved in Aldersgate, um, one of the 930 um, groups that you can belong to where it's very lively discussion and really a great place to plug in.
0: Wonderful. So you've hit the ground running in just a couple of years. It. You're plugging in all these ways, but church isn't the only thing going on in your life. What are your other interests and activities outside of church? True, true.
3: I have 35 years with um, American Airlines. I'm a corporate sales manager. And so that has me very active in travel, both on the business side, but also on the personal side. So I love to travel. In fact, just back a couple of days ago from 16 days in Morocco, which was kind of glorious. So um, yeah, travel, my family, very passionate.
0: Okay, so in addition to being really active in church, you're taking two-week trips to Northwest Africa and all these things uh, that take energy and resources, and yet you still choose to live sacrificially so that you can live generously and support the ministries of this church. Why is
3: that? To me, it goes back to one simple thing. It's commanded of, of me, so I do. And I was fortunate to know that at a very early age, and I remember putting my quarter in the, in the offering basket as, as a big sacrificial part of my allowance um, when I was a small child. And then with my first job, making $5.75 an hour, um, it was just something, I mean, it wasn't mine. It wasn't my money, so I just set it up to where it automatically went, and then I never had to look at it or think of it. And just like the Bible says, God has just really honored that and provided in amazing ways, so he is good.
0: Amen, thank you, Julie. Would you join me in thanking Julie for being willing to share in front of the congregation this morning. As I've shared with you, there is no pastoral exemption in participating in the sacrificial life of ministry at the church. So my family filled out our pledge card. We give 10% or more every single year. I've done so for over a decade and we'll never stop. And so we join you in living sacrificially so that we can support the ministries of this church. One of the ministries that blesses this church on a regular basis is our ministry with young people to our youth. And next Sunday is Youth Sunday in both our 9.30 and 11 o'clock services. And I have to tell you, Youth Sunday is a service not for the youth. It is a service by the youth for us because they have a word for us. And the part that makes me panic a little bit is I have no idea what it is until I hear it right alongside all of you and yet every single year i walk out of that service blessed and inspired and shaped by the discipleship and the faith in christ of the young people in our community and so the ministries that are possible in and through and with those young people are possible because of your continued generosity and support so as i invite the ushers to come forward to pass the baskets as i draw your attention to the link at fumcfw.org give now both ways in which you can give now or anytime i ask that you join me as we pray over these offerings. Great and loving God, please bless these gifts and those who give them as we return to you a portion of what you've given to us. Please use them for the strengthening of the body of Christ, your church, and the coming of your kingdom. And it's in Christ's name that we trust and that we all pray and say, amen.
1: as we honor All Saints Day, if you have a loved one represented here today, we invite you after service to come up and get their name, a rose, and an angel handmade from a page of our old hymnal. Please mark your calendar for the service of remembrance on December 4th at 6 p.m. Here at First Church, we never walk alone. If this is your first time worshiping with us, we are glad you are here. We wanna make it super easy for you to take your first step and get connected and go from attending church to being a part of a church. And we do that through OnRamp. OnRamp is located in Wesley Hall. Exit the sanctuary, take a left, go across the breezeway and someone will be there to greet you. We have gifts for both children and adults as a token of our appreciation for you worshiping with us today and we cannot wait to meet you if you need prayer or want someone to walk with you our congregational care team will be at the banner and they will love to walk with you during this time and pray with you
0: at the communion rail today something new, and that is I announced last week that we have a new pastor joining our staff, Samuel Macias, and then I saw on Facebook that they had just arrived in town at like midnight a few nights earlier, so I wasn't sure they were going to be able to join us, so Samuel is here today with his wife, Sabi, and their daughters, Sabi, Sabrina, and Samantha, so we have a special Sunday of welcome and a chance to meet them coming up. Samuel, would you, Samuel, would you just raise your hand and say hello? A round of applause, please. just want to say welcome. Welcome. We're going to have a whole Sunday of greeting you and saying hello and all that stuff, but didn't want to get a chance to give a warm first verse welcome. We're, we love you. We're so glad that you're here. Welcome back to Fort Worth. Now, would you all stand and receive this benediction? Our gathering will soon be ended. Where will we go and what will we do? <laughs> May grace, hope, peace, love, and joy forever accompany you. Amen.